Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're glad to have you with us today here in the house of faith. This is God's house. We are God's family and you have a place in the family. You know, we are um, right here in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. I'm standing on the platform of what is quickly becoming the sanctuary here at Legacy Church. And those of you who are partners with us, you are well aware of what's going on. We're in a buy up and build out project together and God has been so good to us. He has got us so far. Look at the progress we've made. And even a lot of what uh, has, has gone on recently is, is behind the scenes, stuff you can't see. But we are so thankful that he's gotten us this far and he will get us all the way to where we're going. We're in a 30,000 square foot facility, as many of you know, and we're believing God for $100 per square foot. And we believe that when that's accomplished, we can get this place open and begin welcoming families from our community, from the Colorado Springs area, from the Woodland Park area, right here in Green Mountain falls and you wherever you are come to church and if the Lord would lead you to be a part of this family then step out in faith and I know that's not everybody and if you're in a good church stay plugged in but if you're if if the Lord would lead you to be a part of this family then you're welcome here if you want to be a part of this buy up and build out project there's a number of ways you can get involved you want to partner with us you can do it via text if you're watching inside the United States just simply text LTV and any dollar amount to the number two eight nine five zero. If you'd like to give online, you can do that as well at pearsonsministries.com. When you give online, there's a couple of different options for you. You can give into the buy up and build out project, or you can give into the general operations of the ministry, which is an excellent place to give to. All I can say is, is sow where the Lord leads you to sow. And every seed reproduces after its own kind. So if there's something you're believing God to buy up and build out, that's a good place to sow. If you're believing God for an increase in the day-to-day, -day, the general operations of your life and your family or your business or your ministry, this is a good place to sow. Be led and where you designate it, that's where it'll go. When you write a check, if you'd like to do that, you can make it payable to Pearson's Ministries and use the address that you see there on your screen. Wherever you'd like to designate that, just do so in the memo portion of your check. Now, we're gonna get back into the Word of God together today. We've been in this series about renovation and transformation. And right now we're talking about repairing the foundation of our lives. This is important truth. You need to hear it. So let's get into the Word. We're building this house on the foundation of Jesus Christ and none other. And we want you to learn what it means to raise your family in the house of faith. But like I said, that house needs a foundation. Jesus is the foundation for your faith. In other words, it's not just about the principles of faith. It's not just about hearing a message on faith and saying, okay, well, if I do this, then I'll get that. And you try to put these principles into practice. No, listen to me. The principles of faith are powerless if you disconnect them from the person of Jesus Christ. Can I say that to you again? The principles of faith are powerless when you disconnect from the person of Jesus Christ. You hear a lot of talk when you're talking about faith, when you're talking about walking by faith, and you hear this in the terminology, people say, well, I'm in faith for my healing. I'm in faith for my prosperity. I'm believing God for this. I have faith for, faith for. But listen to me, you gotta back up. Because there is no such thing as faith for healing. I'm making some of you mad right now. Hold on just a second. 
There's no such thing as faith for healing apart from faith in the healer. That's using Jesus as the foundation for what you believe about God's will to heal you. It's just the same way with salvation. There is no such thing as faith for salvation apart from faith in the Savior, who is Jesus Christ. See, he's the foundation for your faith. So instead of thinking in terms of what I have faith for, what I have faith for, what do I have faith for? I want you to begin thinking in terms of who is my faith in? Because that's the foundation that your faith for is built on. There is no such thing as faith for prosperity apart from faith in the one who was rich, but for your sake became poor so that you through his poverty might be made rich. Jesus Christ is the foundation of the house of faith. Oh, come on. That's good. Are you listening to me right now? Jesus Christ is the one and only foundation for the house of faith. And that's what we are. That's who we are. We are the household of faith. But if you try to build your house on anything else, any other identity, uh, the family you come from, the money you have in the bank, the position you hold, the job you have, the place you live in. If you try to build your house on any other foundation, you're compromised. And there is no other foundation strong enough to support the life that God's called you to live. And, and you know, I'm 40 years old now and I, I grew up, like I said, in that house, that household of faith. And, and I, I remember even being a kid and, and realizing, man, people know who my papa is. <laughs> realizing, I, I'll tell you a quick story. My grandfather took me, I must've been, gosh, I don't know, 10 years old or so, something like that. And he took me one day, to buy my first pair of rollerblades. I think this is kind of when rollerblades first were a big deal. And Papa was gonna take me for my birthday to buy me this present. And we were sitting in the sporting goods store and this, I mean, I will never forget this, but this guy walks up to us and starts chatting with us and says, says to me, this 10 year old kid, something like that. He said, what's it like to have a star as your grandfather? And I remember that hit me kind of funny at the time. But what I realized from that is like, people know who this guy is. And I remember walking through a Walmart with my papa one time and just people coming from all over the place. Oh, Brother Copeland, Brother Copeland. And I realized as a kid that, that you know, this, I was in a family that, that people knew of and that a family that was in many respects known of around the world in some circles. Uh, and it would be very easy. Let me tell you how easy it would be for that to be my foundation, for that to be my identity. And I'm sure at times I've let it be that. But even in, in seeking the Lord about what you and I are doing together as a church and what even we're doing in, even right now in this message, I had to go before the Lord again and say, thank you for my family. I'm honored to come from where I come from, but Jesus, you are my foundation. I have no other foundation. And I have to remind myself of that on a regular basis because any other foundation, any other identity that you would use to build your life on, I promise you this, it will 
crack. It will come apart. And if you're not built on something solid, your house is only as strong as the foundation you're built on. So what do we need to do together today? We need to find out what we've been built on. And we need to make sure it's this foundation. And if it's been built, if our lives have been built on any other foundation, then you know what you need to do? You know what we need to do today? We need to do some foundation repair. That's what we need to do today. Get in there and begin to repair that foundation. And it's one of the first things you do in a renovation project, in a remodel project. One of the first things you've got to do if you are wise. Come on, are you listening? If you are wise, you won't just look at what you can see. You won't just look at the, what's above ground and make your decision about that place. You need to look at the foundation. You've got to start there. And if the foundation has problems, then you need to begin to repair it. And we can use the word of God today to start doing some foundation repair in our lives. So I want you to go from the book of 1 Corinthians here, let's take a look back and turn with me to the book of Luke chapter six. Luke chapter six. And let's look at some things Jesus said specifically about the foundation that our lives are built on. Thank you, Lord. How do we fix the foundation? Jesus said in Luke chapter six, beginning in verse 46, he said, but why do you call me Lord, Lord? Okay, stop right there a minute. When you're reading through the scripture and you're looking at what Jesus is saying, one of the things that I like to do, and you need to do it as well in your own study, is ask yourself, who's he talking to? Who's he talking to in these verses? Well, you know right here, he's talking to people who call him Lord. Right? He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? So he's addressing specifically people who call him Lord. Well, I call him Lord. Do you call him Lord? Yeah. So could we say that Jesus is talking to us? Yeah, absolutely. Jesus is talking to the people who call him Lord. Now, here's the thing about calling Jesus Lord. It's not just a term or a title that we use to honor him or to respect him. It is that, but it's more. The word Lord is, especially when you use it in reference to him, what you are saying is Jesus, I give you a place of authority. I give you, Lord Jesus, a place of power and a place of high position in my life. That's what the word Lord means. And when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, how'd you do that? Well, you did it the same way everybody else did it. You believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. When you did that, when you believed it in your heart and you said it with your mouth, there was so much power in that, that it renovated you. It transformed you into something else. The old man died and behold, all things have become new. You were in that moment, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Why? Because you called him Lord. Lord. 
What were you saying when you said that? You were literally saying to him, Jesus, save me. I'm done being my own Lord. I'm done being my own God. That's what you were saying when you made Jesus the Lord of your life. You were saying, Jesus, look at this mess. I made this mess. This mess is the result of me being God. This mess is the result of me holding the highest place of authority in my life. And that means you did only what you wanted. You, you did only what you felt, right? That was because you were Lord. And when you humbled yourself, just like I've done and we've all done, and you came before me, you said, Jesus, be my Lord. I'm done being my own God. I'm done calling my own shots, right? That's what it means to make Jesus the Lord, to give him that place of authority. It's not just Lord, Lord, we honor you. It's Lord, Lord, we give you place. We give you position. We give you authority and we give you power. And so Jesus says in this verse here, Luke 6, 46, why do you call me Lord? Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Now listen to this. And not do the things which I say. See, he's saying this doesn't make sense. He's talking to people. He's talking to you, talking to me, talking to people who call him Lord. But he says, why? Why do you call me Lord and you don't do the things which I say? So see, there you can see what the, 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 the place and the position of Lord is supposed to translate to. It's not just a, a, an honorable title. It's supposed to be a place where he can speak to you and he has a place of authority to where he says something and you do it. You act on it. You put into practice what he says. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? In verse 47, he says, whoever comes to me. Now, I want you to make note of all this. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings. He's hearing the words, right? Whoever comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you who he is like. Now, Jesus, just in this one statement, pretty well outlines what our whole relationship with him is supposed to look like. Just in this one statement, he said, he who, number one, comes to me. Let's stop and talk about that a minute. He who comes to me, Jesus said. Why would you or I or anybody else come to Jesus? Well, we just mentioned it a moment ago. You're humbling yourself. The moment you came to him to make him Lord over your life, you brought yourself low, you humbled yourself and you said, in essence, Jesus, I need help, man. I need help. This is a mess. I got myself in it. I can't get myself out of it and I need your help. Now you came to him on day one, but that was not supposed to be the last time you came to Jesus. You still need help. 
I don't know if that comes as a shock or a surprise to you, but allow me to inform you, you still need help. I still need help. We need his help and it's the kind of help that only he can give. And that's why we come to him. We come to him, number one, because of who he is. We come to him because of the place he holds. And that's really what Peter spoke by revelation that day when Jesus said, who do you say I am? And he said, you are Jesus the Christ. That's a place. That's a position. The anointed one, his anointing. You are the Messiah. You hold a place and a position that nobody else holds. It was the recognition of not just who he is, but of the place that he holds. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. With sonship comes authority. Oh, come on, listen to this. With sonship, that place of being a son, whoever is a son in the house has authority in the house. And so Peter, in one statement, recognized who Jesus is. He recognized the place that he holds and he recognized the authority that Jesus possessed. And and Jesus is saying, when you come to me, you come in recognition of all that. Let's make it really simple. You come to Jesus because of who he is and because of what he can do. Because of what he can do in your life and what he can do for you, nobody else can do. Thank you, Jesus. We just ought to say thank you, Jesus, right now. Thank you, Jesus. But then he said, who, he who comes to me and hears my word. See, now you're taking your relationship with him to the next level. There are many, many, many people who have come to Jesus, but for whatever reason, didn't stay. I'm not saying they're not born again. I'm not saying they're not good people. They believe in him. They believe in his existence. They recognize his place, his position, his authority. But there's another step in the relationship and that is to hear his word. Now, this is what's interesting to me. Most people, when they come to Jesus, many people come because of what they need him to do, like we've already said, but what they're looking for is a fix to the problem. What they're looking for is this supernatural intervention, this supernatural involvement. Jesus, I need you and I need you now. I need you to show up and fix this thing. I need you to make this all better and do it now. And he does do that. It's called a miracle. And they happen in the lives of people all over the world every day. And it's God involving himself supernaturally. And he does take things and change them. He does heal the sick. He does deliver. He does save lives. You see it in Jesus' own ministry. But listen to me, child of God, you and I are not supposed to be living from miracle to miracle to miracle to miracle. When you come to Jesus and you come with a problem, you come with a mess, you come with something that needs to be fixed, you know what he's going to do most of the time is give you a word. Most of the time you are going to get a word in response to your prayer. 
in response to you coming to Jesus. You are going to hear him lead you back to his word. And there are a lot of people that don't want that. They're like, no, 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 I, I don't need a word. I need a miracle. I need you to show up and I need you to fix this and I need you to do it without me doing anything. But most of the time, the vast majority of the time, when you come to Jesus, what you will get from Jesus is a word. He's going to lead you right back to his word. See, healings and miracles were not the only thing that took place in his ministry. The Bible says that he went everywhere preaching. He went teaching. What is that? That's words, man. That's words coming out of his mouth. And even the people who were eyewitnesses of miracles in his ministry, they, for some reason, somehow, were spiritually, many of them, attuned, in tune enough to recognize that something miraculous, it wasn't just something miraculous that happened, it was the way it happened. And more than one place when, when a demon was cast out or somebody was healed, the people around would stand in amazement. And you know what they would say? What a word this is. What a word this is. That's what the disciples said when Jesus stood up in the bow of that ship and commanded that storm to cease, com commanded the wind to stop and the waves to be still. And he said, peace, be still. And you know what the disciples said? Who is this? that even the wind and the waves obey him. They obey his word. See, when you come to Jesus, you know what you need to be ready to get in response from him? A word. And this is, this is a, another level of relationship with him. And the people who live on that level, it's a much smaller group than those who just come to Jesus. You got people who are coming to him every day. Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, I got to have you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. And they're coming to him and that's a good thing. But if you stop crying for a second, you know what you'll get from him is a word. That's how Jesus responds to your need. He responds with a word. But then he takes it another step further. He said, whoever comes to me, and here's my sayings. And then what's the next step? And does them. So it's not just somebody who comes to Jesus. It's not even just somebody who hears what Jesus has to say. This next step in fellowship and relationship with him is coming to him, hearing from him, and then doing what he says. Putting his word into practice in your life. He said, whoever comes to me, hears my word, hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you whom he is like. Now, when you couple this with the same account from the book of Matthew chapter seven, this is what Jesus said in verse 24. Whoever hears the sayings of mine and does them, he says, I will liken him, check this out, to a wise man, a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, do you remember what we read from the Spirit of God and what he said through Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3? That the grace and the anointing was on him as a wise master builder. And what is it a wise builder does? Lays a foundation. 
A foolish builder won't do it, but a wise builder takes the time to lay a foundation. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.